Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing Peacock, the new free streaming service from NBC Universal. It's hit movies, current shows, live sports, trending bits, and timeless hits. And that's why you can't not watch. Peacock, watch for free, upgrade for more. Stream now at PeacockTV.com. Law and Order SVU streaming now. Hello and welcome to episode 39 of Kaiju Curry House. I'm Paul Williams and I'm not on the show today. Uh, Alex has gone rogue and is interviewing one-to-one Frankie B. Washington. It's a fantastic episode. We've got lots of energy, lots of passion. But just a quick heads up. Following the tragic death of George Floyd, there is some conversation in this episode relating to racism and the state of the world today. And I know that can be quite a sensitive subject, so I just wanted to make you aware. Also, there is a slight technical hiccup around the 45-minute mark, which will lead to some crackling on Frankie's audio for about five minutes, and also at the end of the episode for the last three minutes. But that's everything, so enjoy the show. You're listening to the Heroes Podcast Network. Buckle your seatbelt, because it's time for another episode of Kaiju Curry House. My name is Alex, but more importantly, I am joined by the phenomenally awesome Mr. Frankie. How are you doing, Frankie? Hey, what's going on, everybody? How are you doing out there? Frankie, tell us about yourself. Where are you recording from today? Well, originally, uh, let's start, because I think you can hear a little bit of me dropping my auras. I'm originally a Massachusetts boy. I uh, grew up in Boston. Um, but I'm currently living in the ocean state, which would be Rhode Island, not New Jersey, but Rhode Island, the little little bitty sliver between Massachusetts and Connecticut. And uh, yeah, I mean, I was a kid who um, had a lot of dreams and aspirations. I grew up in the projects. If you've ever watched the show Good Times, those big old buildings, those cubes. Um, yeah, I grew up in that. Um, but I had a wonderful uh, my child. My childhood was wonderful. A lot of imagination and got to do a lot of cool stuff. And my aspirations led me down a path of being a uh, professional uh, artist. Well, you beat me to it. I was going to ask what your career is. Yeah, but why, yeah. don't get, why don't we get to our pun question? Uh, right. Frankie, what have Kaiju been up to? Oh, man. What, what I'm doing actually now, like what Kaiju... You know what? Like um, right now or in the past week, what's been going on since Ooh. lockdown? Oh, man. I, I, We've I, never my... had you as a guest. <laughs> My hands have not stopped drawing. Um, I, I can just I literally like when people contact me, they go, well, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm drawing, you know, and I love it. But I but, you know, I, I've been working on a few Kaju comic books. Um, I've been doing some stories for uh, Alterna Comics. It came out on a Wednesday. Uh, I did. Oh, actually, this is a good one. I, I can I can say this. Um, I worked on a new sketch card set for Ultraman. There's an Ultraman card set uh, coming out. Uh, this year, um, I don't know when the actual month it's going to be, um, but I did work on, I want to say like 20 cards, all hand-drawn sketch cards. 
Um, I fought for that one. <laughs> so, uh, and, and, and that was a good one. And I'm currently uh, just, yeah, doing the comic book stuff, um, doing some commissions and stuff for people. Um, it's just, it, it, as a life, as the terminology of what I actually am is a commercial illustrator. And a lot, a lot of times people, they go, well, what does that mean? I'm like, well, I'm a contractor. You know, I'm somebody like a mechanic, like a, uh, you know, plumber or someone like that. I'm a contractor who is hired by someone to create um, art. I do a service for you. So um, when I tell people, I'm like, um, when you look at the art industry, uh, it's a massive industry. You know, there's comic books, uh, there's film, animation and stuff like that. I'm somebody who bounces around all those areas. So I've worked on toys. I've worked in advertising. I've worked on film. I've worked in animation. I worked in print. So when I get jobs, I'm working. I could be doing a job today, like today, comic books. And tomorrow I'll get a contact like before, like uh, uh, last year, I was doing stuff for a plumbing company. <laughs> yeah, drawing characters for them. So, you know, it's like one of those things. So I shift a lot, you know. So eh, this stuff I love. I love and, doing. And how long have you worked in the industry for? I am closing in on a 30-year mark. It's brilliant. Pat, I pat myself on the back on that one. Showing well, my how, age. how are you going to celebrate your 30th anniversary for that? Oh, man. Well, actually, I'm turning 50 in August. Um, and so my 30th, I believe it's going to be next year. I think early next year. I don't know. I'll probably be drawing. <laughs> that's my celebration. I'll be drawing on something. Well, you're doing what you love. So that's positive. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I love it. I mean, I, when I first, uh, when I was in uh, high school, I'm so glad that I had instructors who believed like they saw something in me because I, you know, you're at that age, you're trying to discover yourself. And I knew I was good with it. Um, but I had a lot of aspirations and dreams. I thought I was going to be in the military, uh, Air Force. I thought I was going to be a robotic engineer. Uh, I had all these aspirations. But then they just looked at me and they said, wow, you, you like to draw. So they started putting me into programs um, at the time. And they said, you should go on this program and you should learn this and that. And eventually um, I ended up getting a scholarship. And they said, well, where do you want to go now? And I had two choices. Two schools wanted me. One school was the uh, Joe Kubert School in New Jersey. That's the famous uh, comic book school. And then the other one was a small school um, on Beacon Street uh, called Butera School of Art. And because I was afraid of leaving Boston, I went for Butera. And Butera turned out to be the best choice because Butera was a school run by um, artists that were working artists. When I walked in there, they, that was the mandate. They were like, you are not a starving artist. You will not be pitied on. You were, they were like a boot camp. They were like, you, will, you are here to learn how to make money to survive as an artist, that this is a job. And I remember from that point on, I was like, they just kept drilling in my head. They were like, you serve something. Artists bring a lot to this world, from the clothing on your back, to the cars that are being driven, to the buildings that are being erected. An artist has had their, their, their pen and paper connected to that. And you're going to be part of that. And so, you know, from there I went. That's a very positive and progressive attitude to take around yeah. art. Yeah. Uh, and by the sounds of it, it shaped kind of your self-identity as an artist. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, because, I mean, there was there's many times where you would hear artists who... Uh, it, it, I was listening to a podcast. Well, actually, it was a YouTube uh, a channel. And these guys are talking. And they actually said a good word. They were like, the, romantic, the romant, romanticizing of the uh 
the poor artists or the uh, starving artists. That's what it was. The romanticizing of the star. And I, I literally jumped out my seat and I said, that's it. Because it's yeah. been romanticized. It's about the fact that, yeah, I'm doing the struggle, man. Mm-hmm. And I'm out here and I'm, you know, eating like, you know, dried pasta and stuff, you know, yeah. and like, and that's cool. And it's like, it's not cool. You, you, no. you want to be able to survive. You know, you should be able to earn something just like a mechanic earns something, just like the plumber earns something or the carpenter. You know, you should be able to to be able to walk in, do your job, be appreciated for your job, be paid for your job and then go on to the next job. Self-sufficiency based on the fact that you have value and you offer a service. Yes. Have you ever seen a series one of the TV show Heroes? With the superpowers. Yes. Can you remember oh, that? Yes. yes. When you were saying about the starving artist and romanticizing that, I think of the um, the prophetic artist Isaac, yep. uh, Isaac Mendes, and the way how yep. it's just so full of tropes. The fact that, you know, he's got a heroin addiction, the yep. fact that he That's does right. he does all of his art whilst right. by the looks of him inebriated. Yep. And yes, his art's great but he's a totally pathetic character. It's not a positive yeah. role model for other artists. He, yeah. He's not functioning as a person. Yes. And it's not, it's not good. Quite this, stre- this stretches to any artisan. Though that means writers. I've known many writers, great writers out there. And I'm like, well, why are you not trying to find some kind of work that's writing? You know, don't, if I'm going to, if I'm going to be a writer, if I was a writer, I would try to find work. I would try to be a copywriter. I would try to do anything that would keep my hands writing. That was my mandate. Like I was like, regardless of what I need to draw. I went to school to draw. I got my certificate to draw. I need to make money drawing. And if that means somebody wants me to draw their dog to the the real estate person needs me to draw a house, you know, you should be able to open yourself up to be able to do this in your style. Of course, the best style that you have, the best work you can, but you got to think like that. You just can't just pitch, you know, pigeonhole yourself into like, well, I'm just going to be a comic book artist and that's it. (laughs) I'm going to be an animator. That's it. It doesn't work that way. No. I mean, the, you could try it. You could try it, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, the musician who's hell bent that they're only ever going to do a certain genre of rock music yes. and nothing else. Yes. They yes. they might break lucky, but chances are, yeah. you know, there are a lot of people out there with a similar what? aspiration. And I tell um, you, yeah, you learn so much more. I mean, I've learned so much more from being from working like at ad agencies. I mean, I've sat in rooms with creative directors, art directors who, yeah, it was rough. It was like hardcore where they would be like, hey, we just got to change or whatever. But I learned a lot about marketing, promotion, um, how to, you know, how to sell stuff and whatever. Um, just a fact about myself, like editing. How many artists out there want to edit something? Yeah. <laughs> to me, I always expect it. It's so funny. I'll get a client and I'm like already in my head. I'm like, this, there's going to be changes. There's going to be changes. And then they, they shock me and go, no, nah, we love it. <laughs> you so know? How, do you, how do you balance the pragmatism that you're living with, Frankie, whilst also kind of taking even a remotely romantic attitude towards art? Because art is still beautiful, yeah. but you do seem very practical minded, you know. How would you weigh that up in your life? I, I've been in the game for a long time. That's the thing. I think that I've always had a kind of, first off, I'm stubborn. I'm a stubborn soul. I hate to lose. I'm very, I'm very competitive. I, I sometimes I think like, cause my brother, my brother was into sports. I mean, he excelled in football, baseball, basketball, everything. And then I tried a little bit of football. Um, but, uh, I just, it just wasn't my thing. Honestly, if, if my school had had like a, a powerlifting program, lifting weights, I probably would have gotten into that, but I love, I have to, I do have a competitive nature and I do hate the fact of losing. 
especially when it's something that I have control over. And I think the thing about it is that um, when it comes to work or artwork and gigs, I love the hunt. I love the fact of trying to find clients. I love the hustle. I love the fact of, um, you know, I remember my teacher once told me, so, well, Frank, you know, you'll never know until you ask. So I'm one of those people where I'll, I'll just jump ahead. I'll knock on your door. You close the door on my face. I've had my a door slammed in my face. Nothing new. You know, and, the, and I always I'm in the, the belief where one door closes, three more will open. I've constantly lived that going on now 30 years. So there's moments. Yes. I mean, there's moments when I've had lag job, lag time with work sometimes, but I've never, ever gotten it so bad where I've never not drawn and earned money and knock on wood. And that's just because I hustle. Like in my head, I'm like, I hustle harder than the next person next to me. That's how I feel. I look at it and I have respect for them. I mean, I don't throw shade on any artists out there. I have a lot of respect for my brethren and sister out there that are, that are doing their thing. But I, I feel like I'm a straight out hustler when it comes to like getting what the job. Well, you've set your stall out brilliantly, but the bad news is now you have to ask me the pun question if you're ready. Sure. What's up? Uh, you got to ask me what have Kai oh. been up to? Oh, God. Um, what have you been up to? <laughs> that'll, that'll do. You know what? Okay. Every time we ask our guests this, it just gets even more awkward. But I, I don't mind with flogging a dead horse with the pun. <laughs> um, right. So for myself, I am not going to keep talking about Resident Evil 2 Remake because I'm okay. sure anyone listening to the show is like, oh, for goodness sake, Alex, play a different game. So for me, it was all about getting the alternative artwork. Oh, yeah, so you, to, went, you went down that avenue. You I went, went down that oh, avenue. Oh, man. Yeah. I, and, ho- I, ho- I hope you didn't lose a small fortune. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I absolutely <laughs> okay, wouldn't. And I've got a moral to this story. So uh, for clarity, anyone listening wondering what we're talking about, Magic the Gathering recently brought out a series of cards. It's the Ikoria, Ikoria, how you want to pronounce it. Yeah. And there are 15 alternative art cards to the series, and they're yeah. the Godzilla cards. So, for example, the two that I've got here, the Yadaro Wandering Monster is the dinosaur turtle and it just looks like a big turtle but the alternative artwork that i've got is the shin godzilla oh yeah which is very nice um but that's the fun part of it now serious message to people it's very easy whatever you're collecting be it magic the gathering or steelbook editions of blu-rays or original art buy what you can afford exactly Um, yes (laughs) <laughs> yeah, buy what buy what you can yeah. afford, and I make no kind of pretense about my income. You know, as a single parent, at the end of the day, yeah. what I can afford, I buy, and it just so happens that I had a little bit of savings, and yeah, I trapped myself, and I went on eBay, and I got lucky. If you are thinking of getting yourself into Magic: The Gathering specifically to collect these Godzilla cards, the best way to do it is eBay. And yeah, you can yeah. go down the blind um, purchase route where you buy a booster pack yep. and, you know, you sink 20, 40 pounds not getting the things you want. That's not a positive um, game of economics. And well, I, I wouldn't encourage that. Well, I saw that Space Godzilla, the one that says Corona on it. That's going to yeah. be a hot seller. That's going to I've already I did did see that somebody had a bid going going. I think that's going to be the hot one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, So the Space Godzilla alternative art, um, because Space Godzilla has the Corona Ray, it's the death Corona. And it's it's just timely, isn't it? I mean, yeah. yeah. So I was thinking of trying to pursue that card, but 
uh, with Japanese writing because I think it looked, yep. it looked quite cool. So that's that's what I've been up to, and it's been good. But um, yeah, buy what you can afford, people. Other than that, I recently had Linda Miller on with our other two fantastic hosts who aren't with me today, Paul and Joe, and we had an absolute blast talking with Linda. And nice. um, that it was great. That episode dropped on um, Monday, just gone, and we got talking about King Kong Escapes 1967, and <laughs> it was so yes. much fun. Oh man. And that has been my absolute favorite thing about doing this podcast. It has been the fact that meeting such a wide range of wonderful people from different industries and realizing that, you know what, the vast majority of people are incredibly humble and do take the attitude of, you want to speak to me? Why? I've done a tiny little thing. Why, why? (laughs) You know, and then they come on and then more than an hour is taken up by everyone just, oh, and I've got this story for you and this crazy story. And that's why it's fun. And on that note, it's not about me. So, Kaiju in the news, what's your speculation about King Kong versus Godzilla? Oh, man. See, here's the thing. It's so funny because I keep seeing all these people and they're posting all these things about King. I'm a person who grew up. I'm a kid of the 70s, 80s. The shirt that I have on right now, Creature Double Feature, WLVI, right? This was the this was the program that I watched Noontime and which brought me into the Showa. I think I'm saying it right. The Showa era of Godzilla, which I love. Uh, with that said, I'm I'm so in the center with all this stuff. I'm just happy that we're talking about Godzilla now. Yeah. I think that's the place. That's it's, it's, it's people ask, they try to ask me that and it's like, well, you know who's gonna be who? And I'm like, dude, you don't get it. They're taught they're at this is a motion picture. Last year was King of the Monsters. We got to see Godzilla and some of these famous iconic creatures filmed in, in, in amazing 3D. And it, it, right now people are talking about it. I'm like, that's a win. So, it's a total So, so yeah. yeah, I'm psyched for it. I'm, psy- I'm psyched mm-hmm. that people are talking about Kajus. One, of the, one thing I could, I could bring up is that I remember I was working at an agency. And this is when Pacific Rim came out. And I'll never forget, it was this time. Um, I was working, doing some work for a... Um, creative uh, uh art director actually and so we're talking about the project and then uh out of the blue she's like yeah yeah frank you know um yeah those things those kajus and she said it like that and like you could tell she was a person who didn't know what kajus were or anything but i sat there and i smiled because i said you got this person who know does not know anything about this but she's talking about it and i said that's a win that's a huge win so when Pacific Rim came out, it did its job. You know, one of the problems that is, is, is sad with the fandom is that um, I don't know if people really understand that. The fact that that there's such a it's such a niche kind of market. There's such a niche kind not market, but a sort of niche fandom where, yeah, we grew up with if you grew up, you saw Godzilla and whatever. But Hollywood for the longest time didn't care about these things. No. They were like, we don't want to see well, it's giant monsters. What are you talking about? And they, they, didn't, they didn't care about that. Now you're seeing people who have no clue what these things are, and they're seeing these, this stuff, and they're, they're liking it. Now, sure, I mean, as a fan, people always try to think of what kind of story is the best story. In my mind, I love Destroy All Monsters. Yeah. You know, that sound, that beat when it came on, dun 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 You know, it's like, oh, dude. I would love to see that. But then also there's a part of me where I had my time, you know, like my time was 70s, 80s. I had my time. 
Yes. This right now is the time for those people now, these kids now, whoever is coming into it now, so that they can have their moment with it. So overall, my feeling on Godzilla and King Kong, I want to be, I'm definitely going to be checking it out. Um, I'm definitely going to be owning it. <laughs> so again, more positive. Um, yeah. More positive advice, which is wonderful. Well, the yeah. current advice, I've had a look on Twitter, the uh, GodzillaMovies.com website is saying that whilst there has been speculations about a 2021 release, yeah. it's seeming like it's reverted back to November 2020. So, you know, that's, that's wonderful. It looks like we're going to get a release of November this year. Yeah. But at the end of the day, regardless of when it gets released, you're getting a King Kong and Godzilla movie, well, which my- will be good fun. Well, what's so funny, though, is that, again, I think people, there's a, like, uh, like we were speaking earlier when I said about change, there's a lot of change going on. We're right now at a moment, everything, there's so much change going on in the world. And in this moment, right now, the way we look at even going to movie theaters might be changing. You may, we may be looking at streaming. We may be looking at movies being streamed into the house. You know, it may sound far-fetched. I know it may, a lot of people may not like it, but that's a possible reality that they have to they may have to do that because of everything that's going on. I mean, there's a lot of people that are still scared. They're going to be probably fearful of, of wanting to go to a movie theater. And this may be going into the fall. That's just I'm just see, I think the thing about it people don't want to listen to the devil's advocate. They want to try to put the the positive positive and I yeah, but also I'm um, um you know, I got to still listen to that voice in the back and go here, well this is the reality too that a lot of a lot of people may not be able to go want to go to movie theaters and a lot of these theaters may not be able to survive that kind of way so the other option might be they may have to do like universal did they may have to put they may have to stream movies in me personally i don't have a problem with it <laughs> you know yeah. i think i when uh what was it there was a movie that came the hunt came out i paid my money to see that and i was like oh okay because i wanted to see it how was that it was a great movie. I had fun. It was a fun movie. It looked it bloodthirsty and really it, harsh. It, it's a fun. It's like you you can't you walk you look at it and it just was well done. It was really fun to watch. So yeah, yeah. Um, just you saying about how you know listen to the devil's advocate. I mean, however you package it, things are pretty horrific at the moment with COVID. Yeah. yeah. However, it's fascinating to see how things are going to change. I mean. There are p- uh, pictures of people going to drive-through cinemas. You know, yeah, drive-through is something which I look at, and it seems so quintessentially American because we just yeah. do yeah. not have that kind of cinema yeah. experience. Yeah. And I think of if I ever got the chance to go to America, how would I want to see a film? Well, yeah, it would be in my car, yeah, outside with popcorn yeah. in the boot, you know. Yeah. And, well, and look at, look, well, look at the comic book people. There's comic book people on you know comic book stores who, for the many years never wanted to sell online now they're forced to that's again that's that one that thing where it's like technology where it's like the technology's been here but you've been fighting against it yes you know Uh, you've been fighting against it you didn't want to adapt so now you have no choice either you're going to sink or swim and the self-preservation means that they're having to embrace that change Uh, the national theater in london who are you know a really fantastic their theater company they've been reaching out every um couple of weeks on youtube with um live productions but being yep. streamed and saying look Good. the the entertainment industry is on its ass help by donating yes, you yes. can watch these and consider texting in a donation of five pound yes. you know seven dollars or whatever it is and that will make a massive difference yep. but you can go well 
that's not how I go to the theatre. I go in person and I get a glass of Chardonnay wine and I will get my wine gums and yeah. nothing else. Yeah. You know what? That that could actually be what finishes off companies. Exactly. It's Change. time to take out. Sorry, what were you going to say? No, I'm going to say, well, that's it. It's, it's change. It's the thing about it is that you got to open for survival. A lot of artists, for instance, a lot of the, the professional artists, comic book artists, many yeah. times they thought they had a safety net. They thought that they had, you know, these books and stuff. There's no safety net. Now you're going to have to go out there and you got to hustle. What I've been doing for years and years, you knocking on doors and talking to different people and drawing the stuff that that's not that exciting. I could tell you I've worked I've worked on a lot of various brands and they weren't all kajus. <laughs> I had to do stuff for GM, Gillette, Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, my first gig that I worked on was for Delta Airlines. Mailers, those things that people get in the mail and then they sort of chuck away. I had to work on those. Those weren't the most fun and ex you know exciting things to work on, but it taught me something. You know, and, and so now it's like I also, you know, from there, I was like, OK, well, let me bounce off into gaming. I did a couple of gaming illustrations. I always would try to search out different things just to kind of push myself. Also, that was another thing, because I didn't want to be one of those artists where you're just like, ah, I, I want to be safe all the time. This is what I'm safe doing. Mm -hmm. You know, like one of the like actually one of the comics I did that the one I, I mentioned to you earlier about the contest it was a period piece. It was one back from the, in the 1920s. So I had to break out some reference and draw some old vehicles and stuff. And it was kind of exciting. First, when, when he first told me about it, I was like, oh, man. You know, I, you know, you have yeah. the oh, man moment. It's like, but then I was like, when I got into it, I was like, yeah, this is pretty cool. And I've done that. I've, I've done some Western artwork and I've done some horror and stuff like that. I mean, I've, I've bounced all around. Although I will go back. I love Kajus and I love giant robots. Yeah. But going out of your comfort zone will have made you a more robust professional. Yeah, you'll be much more well-rounded. You'll be a better artist. Absolutely. Let's take our first break, guys. All right. Recently on the Heroes Podcast Network, Echo Station. Well, what's the main, think... what's the main planet that Endor, the forest moon of Endor? It's a moon. So it's, there's a major planet, obviously, that it... Is the forest moon of Endor? Is Endor the actual planet then? See, th isn't that confusing? Yes. Is it the forest moon of the planet Endor, or is it the forest moon called Endor? Screen heroes. If the MCU gets that, then I really think that Space Jam needs to be part of the DCEU. Yes! Okay, because... <laughs> they have a big Marvel versus DC crossover. With Folding a fitted sheet. Programming the thermostat. Matching your socks. Finding something good on TV. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with Auto Owners Insurance, getting the right coverage for your home doesn't have to be one of them. Auto Owners works with independent agents who live in your community and answer when you call. So you can get back to more important things, like finding that missing sock. That's simple human sense. Ask your independent agent if Auto Owners makes sense for you. Her bud takes on <laughs> Space Jam. Man, we should write for these companies. <laughs> That's what it comes, it's Airbud versus Bugs Bunny. That's, That's what it's right. all come down to. One on one. Yes, done. <laughs> all right. And then, like, at the end, it's Galactus versus LeBron James. And Squirrel Girl wins. <laughs> Red shirts and runabouts. Something we've talked about before and other people have, but there's, there's so much of real life history involved with Star Trek. From Gene Roddenberry's days, his time in the military as, a, as a, on a bomber pilot, as a bomber crewman, you know, James Doohan serving, all these people and all these real-life events that have impacted things, that's very realistic of political and military leaders kind of resigning in protest at a decision they can't control. 
Subscribe today at heroespodcast.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Podcast Addict, and more. Hi again, folks. You're listening to Kaiju Curry House on the second part of this interview episode with myself, Alex, and joined by Frankie. Hey, did you guys miss me? <laughs> we absolutely did. Um, Frankie, something which has not been explored on Kaiju Curry House, and I'm excited whilst nervous to be talking about it, so I want right. you to lead on it. Um, as a person of colour, right. that's pretty unheard of, or at least much more rare within the kaiju fandom certainly within uk kaiju fans we do not have many people who are fans of creature features who are people of color yeah and within the us is that very different well i i think we're out there i just think that you just don't see a lot of um uh people of color who are in the forefront you know that like put out there and stuff i think they're out there i want to believe that they're out there let's just say that um but yeah, predominantly I've seen mostly white males in most cases that that are that are shown as being artists and stuff like that of of um, of kajis and stuff. The one who I admire the most, who I called my father, was Herb Trimpey. Herb Trimpey um, was the illustrator or artist Marvel who did the uh, Shogun Warriors and the Godzilla Marvel comics, and I got to meet him and stuff before he passed away, and he was a huge influence on me, and you know. It, it was just that his artwork spoke to me and stuff like that. And it inspired me to a point where I was like, OK, I want to, you know, at least Marvel's doing this. Now I could try to do something like this or whatever in, in the future. That's how my young mind was thinking. But, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I see a lot of people who contact me on Instagram and Twitter and they're people of color, you know, and, and you know, and they're always sh- submitting their stuff, showing, showing me their stuff. I don't know if they're working you know, as a professional, as what I'm doing on the level I'm doing. But, you know, I'm hoping that because they see me, that that will inspire them and they go, OK, you know, what? there is a place and we can do this and stuff. Yeah. About being a, pos- a positive role model. Yes, of course. Of mm. course. I-, I know that every time that um, I open my mouth, every time that I put pen to paper, uh, that there's somebody out there that is looking at me and, and that either, you know, can I- am I going to project something that's going to be positive. So it's going to inspire them. I want to be able to inspire someone mm. as I, as I was inspired. And the thing about it is, you know, overall, I like to inspire a lot of different people, girls, young uh, women, uh, white males, uh, Asian, a bunch of different people. But yeah, it does. It does make me feel re- really good when someone who looks just like me is like, man, gee, I want to be able to do that and stuff like that and whatever. And that guy's doing it and such and such. So, Yeah. You were speaking earlier about how um, not listening to the devil's advocates, but also, more importantly, you were speaking about there are people that aren't embracing the change. Oh, yeah. But um, I, I get, yeah. Sorry, what I was going to say was, I do feel like we need to mention it. What What are your thoughts on the um, news specifically about the person of colour who was killed by the police? Well, what was his name? His name was Floyd. Was it Floyd? I can't think of his name, but the... I'm, I'm going to yeah. check it out now. Okay, good. Yeah, I actually, I actually saw the video. and Because um, and you shared it. Yeah, yeah, I shared it. And, and, and people who know me, it, I, I rarely do stuff like that, unless it really mm. hits me to a certain place. But when I watched that, my first thought, because I, I tend to go out, and many times my, my wife, who is, is, is a white woman, um, many times I go to do my cardio and stuff like that 
her that passes her thoughts. Like I'm out there running and whatever and stuff. And she's, you know, she thinks that maybe, you know, could that happen to me? And that's what I thought when I saw that man and what they did and they had their knee on him. Cause I look at, I know I don't want to be bouncing all over the place, but when I was in our school, I also was working as a security guard. I worked at a hospital and I was trained and stuff. It was one of those moments where I remember the, the security company, I was doing so well that they were like, well, do you want to take this to the next level? Like I could have became armed security and whatever, but I had a great captain who just said, Frank, you're an artist, be an artist. You do what you put yourself to school. So I made that decision. But anyway, they taught us how to subdue people, you know, how to, you know, if you had to take somebody down or whatever, not in the way that this individual was putting his knee on this man's neck mm-hmm. and something about that. And, and the other guy was just kind of, you know, he wasn't even uh, attempting to even go to the guy and talk to him and say, hey, man, why don't you just, why don't we just let him up? You know, something that just got to me. Well, it's harrowing, isn't it? It's very cold. It was almost like a very cold kind of thing where it's like, like, what's going on here? And so, yeah, it's a joint. Sorry, his name was George Floyd. But I thought, yes, it's a funny one because there could be people listening right now going, well, you know, you're a monster movie, UK based um podcast why are you even bringing this up i think because occasionally there are topics in the news that you think well why pretend why pretend that you know that this isn't happening at the end of the day similarly there was only so far that myself joe and paul could talk about yeah. uh, kaiju movies and eventually someone mentioned coronavirus and it's like oh well, yeah. are you gonna mention that well yeah it's affecting yeah. our lives right now we're, we're gonna talk about the fact that we're in lockdown and there's, yeah there's, yeah there's only there's only so long that you can put blinders on and that's exactly. the problem. That's exactly. the problem. I think the thing is, is that, yeah, I mean, I, I, I could talk about Kaiju's from here to, to the, you know, giant robots to here to the end of infinity. But the thing about it is, as I'm sitting here talking about Kaiju's or whatever, do I not, you know, acknowledge the gunshot that's that outside my window? You know, somebody was shooting, <laughs> you know, so the thing about it is that you got to ask yourself as a human being. And I think that we all have to remember this isn't about tribalism. You know, about what side or what color you are, what gender you are, whatever. This is about humans. We are all human beings. What is it going to take? Is it going to take a giant creature coming out of the ocean and fucking just, you know, excuse me, I didn't mean to swear, but, you know, coming and destroy humanity? Or is it going to take aliens from space to do it? That's going to all bring us together? Is it, or do we have to see like the total collapse of civilization before we finally get it? I don't know. And, 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 you know, be truthfully honest, I don't want to be lived through that moment. No. <laughs> I, I, told, I told my wife, I said, man, if a giant monster come out to sea, I said, oh, man, I think I'm going to get high. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, oh, I'm getting high. I'm getting the worst high ever. I'm like, dude, <laughs> it's over. It is over. It's done. We're done. You've reminded me uh, what you said about kind of it's all about humans. Have you seen the film Colossal? with uh, Anne Hathaway because um that was fun yeah yeah the reason why I mention it is because you know on the one hand it's a movie about a giant monster it's a kaiju movie and there's a giant uh mecha so you know you've you've got the classic two tropes there but on the other hand well actually it's a film about recovery and about themes of you know destructive relationships and themes of domestic violence and substance misuse and you know, there's a lot more to it. And we can, I think, as kaiju fans fall into the trap of, oh, the human element was rubbish, stick to the monsters. Yeah, so, no. it, right, okay, 
we all admit that there are sorry we can admit that there are good ways to handle the human plot element sure, sure, there are sure. bad ways or sure. there are better and weaker ways however colossal was an example of a film that i think handled both very nicely yes but i mean you can do it but see again that's you can you can there can be a good melding a melding excuse me a melding of those things where you can have great story combined in there with kajus and giant creatures like do i want to just see something where human beings are just talking and mothering sure no 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 but but i i do believe you can do a way in which it can interact like for me one of my all another all-time favorite for me the terror mecha godzilla I mean, it's just a heart wrenching friggin' movie, man. Yeah. But it has so much stuff going on in it. And it's like, oh man, what did I just see and stuff like that? Those kind of things, you know. Mm-hmm. You, so they can, it can be done. Well, Joe will be very pleased because our um, other main host, Joe, his favorite movie is Terror of Mechagodzilla. Oh, I, I have a, I have a couple of Mechagodzillas back here. I love. It's I a fan, love it's a fantastic movie. film. Oh, it's incredible. Um. Again, actually, funnily enough, you saying about um, the human element and different kind of plot points. We had Matt Frank on, I think it was two times now, but the first time that we got him on, he was on this tirade saying that, you know, people say, oh, don't politicize Godzilla. And it's like, hang on a second. Look at the smog monster. You know, look yeah. at Hedereth. That's an yeah, incredibly always, political film. Have, yeah. yeah. But, that's the same, but isn't that the same argument like in comic books? I think, oh, well, they're not talking politics. No, it's like, dude, they were talking politics back in 1940. Yes. That's the, that's the whole point. Like history, I think that's I think that's honestly for me. When I was in school, I had a fantastic history teacher who made me really appreciate history because he. I remember he can't, I can I can't remember his name, but I just remember him come to me and he said, "Frank, he said, oh, you like comics?" And I was like, "Yeah," and he said, "Well, did you know about you know Odysseus? Uh, did you know about the, the you know the, the Greek stories and stuff and that the monsters and stuff?" And that's how he pulled me into it. You should yeah. read history. It's yes. great. These fantastic stories about things like that, instead of just going off of stuff that's right now and it's sort of skimming over things. There's all there will always be politics in comics. There will always be politics in um, Kaju stories. It, it just that's how it's, it always is. It just depends on how that person, how creative the person is, is in, in sort of putting it in there in the context of the story. How, how they utilize the events that have happened in history. Exactly. Mm. I've got a question for you. It's a slightly loaded one, Frankie, so apologies. Right. What is the most challenging part of your job as an illustrator? Oof. Um, what, what is the most challenging part of your job as an artist, let's say, in a broad sense, right. because of your different roles as an artist? I would think the most challenging part is really... Um, <clears throat> God, man. Deadlines. Let's say deadlines. <laughs> I think that's a tough thing. I think sometimes when, um, for me is, uh, since I've been a professional for so long, um, I do come off like very straightforward. Like if I, you know, I usually call clients clients. I don't, I don't make it into a friendly thing or whatever like that. I'm like, this is about business. And, you know, once we get to the business thing, if we want to talk afterwards and whatever, then we can talk. But, um, but yeah, things like that where, um, you know, it, it, Especially if I've done work with a client and um, and I've proven that I you know I've been solid with my deadline and 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 I've done tremendous work and then they still are, they still are unsure. Uh, say if they want to hire me again and they're still acting as if this is the first time we met, mm. that gets weird with me. I get a little kind of like ah like but I'm like you already worked with me, you already know me and yeah. but you know so I st- surprisingly I don't get it a lot. 
but you know, on occasions you get that kind of like, you know, and as I, you know, for me now, it's just, I just treat it as like a little shrug and a little itch in the back going, okay, just move on and do the job. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll say that's the, my only little, little thing that tinges me. I mean, I think I've gotten past a lot of that stuff. I mean, a lot of the stuff I went through, um, was really in my twenties, like in my early twenties. And, and when I was just starting out, um, I had a temper, I had a temper. Um, okay. yeah. And, uh, and I, I remember one incident when um, I was working on Delta Airlines and um, this art director um, thought came along and tried to belittle me, but did it in a, in a very like loud kind of thing. The studio just really came up on me. And and I remember I, I, I wanted to punch him. And I mean, I got up in his face and like I was about to punch him. And then someone yelled at me in the studio and told me to go. Uh, my teacher, Ashley, who was I was actually working. It's so weird. He was, he was actually freelancing too there. And uh, he, he he called my name. He said, Washington. And I and I was standing at the guy and I said, what? And he said, yeah, why don't you go take a bathroom break? Mm. And I remember and I just I went to the bathroom. I stomped off, went to the bathroom. I looked in the uh, the, the mirror and I splashed some cold water on my face. And, and, and I took a deep thought and I said, if I did something to this guy or hit this guy, this would have destroyed my career. And I can't yes. let him win. And it, and then that, you know, I came back and I ended up doing the job and my teacher was like, yeah, you did the right thing, Frank. And we talked. And then eventually that guy got fired. He got fired for, you know, whatever. For right. But, but it was one of those things where it was a defining moment where I started learning how to, you know, you got to control yourself, you know, have some level of control or whatever. You know, if you need to take a walk, my teacher would always say, if you got something, you starting to feel a little itch inside of you or whatever, um, excuse yourself, you know, take a break, walk out, go out for a little bit, go for coffee, uh, whatever that does your fancy, splash some water on your face and then get back and get the job done, get the job done. So, yeah. yeah. But maintain that professionalism. Well, that, well, that's the key thing. I try to express that to many artists who contact me. I'm like, and, and I think it's a scary thing for them when they hear it because it, it seems almost daunting, mm. you know, cause it's like, yeah, be a professional. And they go, Oh, whoa, what does that mean? And I'm like, well, you know, it's, you got to carry yourself. That means you don't, ha- don't go online and spruce in all kind of weird rhetoric and stuff like that. Just show your work. You yeah. know, it's, it, you, you're not here. You're not speaking. You're not, people aren't paying you to speak. <laughs> you know, they peak, they, they, they want to eventually hopefully hire you to do a job. So we should be looking at your artwork. You know, that's the field you want to be in. You want to be an artist. You should be putting your best work out and then let your work speak for itself. And then everything else will follow. Absolutely. My best friend, he's a professional YouTuber and he, for now, good grief, how long? In excess of 14 years. He's been, yeah, big time. And he's been um, editing wrestling mistakes um, with video game music. And for whatever reason, he just found a really, really niche subgenre. Sure. And just kind of did it as a hobby and then stuck to it and stuck to it. Yeah. And then eventually, kind of, he hit that breakthrough moment and it took off with momentum. However, he has stood by his rules that. He knows what his product is. He doesn't try to be a jack of all trades and go, well, I can do this as well. And occasionally people come along and say, oh, well, can I get involved? And he'll politely decline and say, well, actually, I know what I'm doing. Thank you very much. And no disrespect. I'm glad that you enjoy what I do, but enjoy it rather than trying to do it as well. Yes. Uh, But then another thing he talks about, um, Matthew, this is that he says, you know, it's it's an online portfolio that you've got. I mean, yes. he has something in excess of 200 videos now on wow. YouTube. It's big time. Yeah, he's been doing it for a long time. And p- 
people do not want to hear what his views are necessarily on the news. And wrestling attracts a wide range of political sure. views. Sure. And to, to mix in with that, you will offend someone no matter sure. what. Almost definitely. And yes, of course, that sounds very kind of moderate and neutral. But at the end of the day with business, at times you need to kind of hold your tongue in and go, okay, oh, yeah. this is how things are rather than and my opinion is this. Yes. And I have the same role as a teacher that people will occasionally say, oh, well, what do you make of uh, this at the moment in politics? And say, well, this is what I've seen. Yeah, but what do you think? I'd rather not say. Exactly. Because I don't want exactly. to be seen to be swaying your opinion. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah you, you, that's, the, that's the perfect, you, your response was fantastic. It's like people have a hard time doing that. Why can't you, you don't have to give. It's like you no. feel like, like people feel like they have to give an answer, like a direct thing, either or. And it's like, no, no, I just... You know, yeah. what about my, what I usually do, I'm like, yeah, but did you see my piece of art? <laughs> nice. yeah. Hey, look at that piece over there. I, I like that. That's I like good. that for politics. <laughs> Absolutely. What is your favorite part of your art? What what projects have you enjoyed the most? Because you've done so much now, such yeah. a wide range. You say that you enjoy the kaiju the most, but what, like, uh, what work on kaiju have you really enjoyed that you can tell our listeners about? I will say the, the the project that really, and I think a lot of people know me for uh, from, is the uh, Colossal Kaju Combat Cards, trading cards. I think I did roughly over like 300 plus cards, illustrations. Um, and that was a dream. I mean, Sunstone Games had a dream um, that they were going to try to do a video game um, and, and, uh, and that it was going to be funded through Kickstarter, through fans and stuff. That, just a little backstory. Uh, from what I what I gathered, because I wasn't I didn't come in on from the beginning. I came in sort of after the fact. I actually pitched to them to do cards. Actually, the funny part about that was that when I saw the company, I was like, man, I said I just got out of doing. I'd been doing some work for, with Upper Deck Cards and a couple other card companies, just sketch cards, and it was fun for a little bit. But then I was like, I'm gonna move on because they just weren't doing the material that was making me exciting. You know, it was just. It was TNA kind of stuff, and I just was like, uh, I'm done. Before it was, I was doing Voltron, and I did a Kong set, but then it started moving over to something else. And I just said, that's not for me. So anyway, um, I said, man, how can I get into something? And then I saw this notice about Sunstone Games and Colossal Kaju Combat, and I said, well, hey, you know that that you know what I learned from advertising was that you know the you know and and working in film and stuff like that was the pitch. You know, how can you pitch something to someone to get their eyes on it and then hopefully build some interest? So what I did was I started looking at their characters. And at this time, I think Matt Frank had drawn some characters, character designs and stuff um, based off of, I believe, the people who had um, invested in the project for the video game. So and I started drawings and I said, you know, I'm going to do some sketch cards. Yeah, handmade sketch cards. I did a couple of sketch cards of the characters and I just posted it just like, you know, I usually do now. I just started doing that a couple of times, and all of a sudden, I, I got contacted by the guy running Sunstone Games. And he said, wow, these are really cool. People are really liking it and stuff like that. And I said, well, I said, have you ever thought about doing, you know, trading cards? You know, like the old trading cards you got from Marvel Comics and stuff like that. So he said, huh, okay. And he went back and forth, and eventually he just said, okay, he, um, I thought it was going to be just trading cards, but it ended up being like a game. So like a card game. And by that point, you know, he had pulled me in and I started just cranking, you know, cranking out stuff. Now, I always try to remind people, I did not create any of these characters. These characters are based off of the people who had um, invested in the project. 
And so what he would do, the, the guy, Simon Strange, who, who ran it, he would send me a list of what cards and characters to draw. And then he would have notations on um, and stuff like that. And then if I got lucky, um, I would actually have some what I call chicken, scat, chicken scratch drawings or whatever sketches that the creators had done, which I could sort of work from a little bit. And, um, and, and that's pretty much it. And I just added my own flair to it. And that turned out to be one of the most amazing experiences. I mean, I got to work on close to almost seven sets. My That's se- brilliant. The, the seventh set was like the last one. And I think what happened was it was just because another project that came in, something totally different. It was huge. And I just was like, I, I can't, you know, there's a point yeah. where, you know, I've gotten to that point now where I tell people, if I can't do a job, I just can't do it. I actually have suggested jobs to other artists. I've been like, Good. well, I can't, I can't take that, but maybe this person can help you out or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, so that would probably be the one that, you know, I got that, the chance to really draw characters that I would never, I could never even my mind create. I mean, I was drawing some, I think I just posted one set where um, I had Abe Lincoln. Some person had Abraham Lincoln as a kaju punch. I mean, you you thinking yeah. of this stuff, but, you know, I got it's to have fun. fun with it. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. And it's so good that, was, that you were giving referrals on to other artists, which is important. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, yeah. I, I've, I've always had the belief that the pie is big enough for everyone. I, I think that, you know, but again, here's the thing, because I, I get so tired of hearing stuff with people. We hear um, artists and they're just like, well, you know, bring me along. Are you going to bring me along? Whatever. No, there's a point where you have to kind of earn. You got to be able to show that you can do this, because and when I first started out, there was times when I used to offer assignments to people and they they wouldn't step up for it. Yes. And that, and that looked bad. That looked bad on me. You know, they would be like, I'd have somebody say, hey, Frank, this person that you suggested, they didn't even. That's a dangerous perform. game. Very dangerous yeah. game because it's like you can recommend a friend of yours for a sure. job. And yeah. it might not be something as prestigious like art, but it could just be a retail job. Sure, or sure. No, no disrespect to any retail sure. work, but like something minimum wage I'm talking. And your friend says, look, can you help me out with some work? Well, actually, yeah, I can. I can get you an interview here sure, because sure. I, I know a guy who can you know, get you an interview. And then your friend doesn't turn up. Yep. And actually, you look the ass, not yeah. just them. Yeah, because they then go. Hang on a second. I thought you said they were good. Oh no! And then yeah. they haven't shown up. Oh yeah. And there is a certain amount of keeping face there. That there is an etiquette. That now I've learned the hard way. That when I recommend people for things, I, I signpost people to projects, or I say, yeah. "Well, actually, this might interest you." I need to decide: Do I know the person well enough to take that risk? Exactly. exactly. Which is a sh- which is a shame. Yeah. But at the end of the day, there is a level of trust there. Well, yeah, we look at when when I went through that stuff growing up and, and when I was starting off early, I had to prove a lot. I mean, it's so funny now because I, I tell people, I'm like, you don't get it. I had to walk around with a portfolio yes. to places. Yeah, I remember that going to portfolios and then having somebody look at you and they're flipping through it like they could care less. <laughs> and then they're like, OK, well, we'll give you a call. And then they, you don't get the call. I mean, I remember those days and I cherished them because they taught me a lot. I began to learn. I learned how to be able to, you know, how to sell myself a lot better and how to knock it down and whatever. But I mean, it's, it's one of those things now where you see people who, because of the Internet and because of all this great technology, that it's almost like they don't they, 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 they want to skip over. They don't want to experience mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. They, they just want, well, just give it to me. Possibly uh, fast track the process. Yeah, exactly. Always possible. You haven't earned that. It's like, well, um, I, well, I'm good. I can draw. Yeah, but can you draw real people? 
No, but I just want to draw monsters. Um, well, these mo- what about backgrounds? Where's your inv- I've had people con- contact me and they say, hey, do you want to show me something? And I'm like, okay, well, what do you got? And they'll just show me a rough sketch. And I have to tell them, I'm like, that, you don't show somebody your rough sketch. This is just a, I mean, literally a rough, rough draw. This is your rough concept idea. If you're going to show somebody something, show something final. Then I can be able to offer my, my notes or critique or whatever. Yeah. And so in most cases, when I say that, then I don't, I don't hear anything else. <laughs> yeah. It just, what can I say? Like, um, sometimes there is a hard lesson in life, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, my thing is, I, I you look at, I had people who were very real to me and I feel like I would be doing someone an injustice if I weren't real to them. Yeah. You know, that's just how it is. You know, you want to play on the field, then that's it. Mm. Fair play. Second break, guys. Thanks very much for listening. Nerds! Have new money goals? Turn to the experts at NerdWallet. Want to support your daughter's soccer career? With a new backyard big enough to kick in? We can help you find that new mortgage. Or need a credit card that turns your new console into cashback rewards? We've got you. Whatever your money goals, our nerds compare hundreds of the top mortgage lenders, credit cards, and more. So you can easily find the best for you. For all your money questions, turn to the nerds at nerdwallet.com. NMLS 1617539. Introducing Peacock, the new free streaming service from NBC Universal. It's hit movies, current shows, live sports, trending bits, and timeless hits. And that's why you can't not watch. Peacock, watch for free, upgrade for more. Stream now at peacocktv.com. Law and order SVU streaming now. Welcome back to the Kaju Curry House. I'm Frankie B. Washington. I'm a commercial illustrator going on 30 years, and I'm just hanging out here with my man, Alex. Greetings, friends. It's good to be here. Thank you very much. Current projects, recent projects. Frankie, spill the beans. What's been going on? Well, uh, I actually worked on a, um, some short stories that are appearing, and it came out on a Wednesday uh, through Alterna Comics. One of the first stories that got picked up was um, one called Frankengore, which is actually an homage to King Kong Escapes. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's an homage piece. Um, the characters, of course, everything's different, but the character it was created by uh, John Freeman and, um, and is just dealing with these adventures of this giant sort of apish monster, Kaju, who's fighting constantly these different monsters, and he's just trying to get back home. But as he's trying to get back home, He's encountering different kajus, like different yeah. obstacles that are coming that I always seem to get in his way. And one of the obstacles happened to be, do uh, you remember Mandango? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, was it Mantango? Excuse me, Mandango. Mantango. Yeah, uh, well, I, I knew roughly what you meant. Yeah. yeah so, so, so let's just say there's a little hint of that in the okay. first story. And for our listeners, what is that? The Mantango is um, the mushroom people, Attack of the Mushroom People, which was here in the States. So, uh, yeah, so we definitely have a homage to that. So I would say that uh, Franklin Gore is that. And we just found out that the second story got picked up, which has more of the, um, the mecha. Uh, Brilliant. The, the mecha Franklin Gore kind of character. So that's going to be fun. So then that one um, is coming. Um, don't know what time soon, but it definitely was, you know, the, the uh, publisher has it. So we will find out what issue that'll be in. And then I'm also working on another Kaju uh, story called Team... Uh, KS-1, and this is about the uh, some futuristic uh, kaju hunters. Uh, they're a special unit um, that must battle uh, these kajus who have invaded the Earth. Um, and pretty much each adventure is just them just, you know, battling them out, and then they kind of go to the next mission. 
Um, these are very short little contained stories, um, but the design that I went for when I was talking with the writer, and the writer's name is Matthew Blair, um, was that I love the, um, and I'll say, I don't know if you had this, this animated show, The Centurions? That sound familiar to you? The, Centaur- no. the Centurions were an um, animated show where they were the, oh God, they, it was called Man and Machine. The where Centurions. They were, the Centur- yeah, look it up, Centurions. They were pretty much these, these guys who had a suit where they could, um, these military parts could attach to their suits. It was a toy line too. 1986. Yes, yes. Uh, centu- oh, I've got Centurions. Centurions, yep. Um, Power Extreme. That's right. Yeah, it's man a syndicated thirty-minute American science fiction animated oh. television series by oh. Ruby Spears. I take yep. it you like it. Yes. <laughs> okay. That, that can be your recommendation uh, later on. Well, that that one. Well, that's, it's a mixture. I, I, when I was designing the suits, I thought of that, and I also thought of the humanoids. Oh yes. Okay, what? so the humanoids. The humanoids. What, humanoids were, from the deep. No, not that. Well, that was the Roger Corman movie. Yeah, there was a, a TV show. Look this up in Humanoids. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, oh, you're gonna, you, you, you see it. It's amazing. Uh, is is Humanoids more wholesome than Humanoids from the Deep? <laughs> no, it's in, in in Humanoids. Oh, in Humanoids. In Humanoids. Yes, it was a toy line. In Humanoids. My word. Oh, here we go. Animated series. Yep. Um, yes, listeners, I am using Google as I'm on this. Uh, this I'm not bringing this from my archive of knowledge. I know nothing about this. Inhumanoids, horror, animated series. All ha- oh, right, okay, Hasbro. Yeah, toys. Yes, yes. Toys. It's all about the toys, isn't it? Oh, uh, but it was Kajus in it. They were like giant yes. creatures, and they had this uh, group called Earthcore who had mm. these special suits to fight against them. It's got a bit of vibe of Giver to it. Yes. Yeah. And also, well, it also, the storyline was um, was very much H.P. Lovecraft. Okay. Very Lovecraftian kind of storyline. Cool. Very yeah. dark. I mean, if you watch the, the animated series, it was dark. Like, it was yeah. like, wow, they're actually showing this to kids. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but it was a fantastic show. So anyway, when I was designing the costumes, the uniforms and outfits for the uh, team, I thought of that, where they had these battle suits that would help amplify their skill and ability so that they could fight against Kajus. Those are very cool toys. Yeah. Those they're inhumanoids. Very... They're, they're, they're yes. nice. Okay. So um, what age group is this comic targeted at that you've been working on? Oh, I would say like teen. Yeah. Teenage, yeah. It's so, you know, it's kind of weird because um, that um, cause I heard a lot of people ask about age group. And I always scratch my head because when I was young, I was reading <laughs> – so much stuff. So it's so weird that that's like a, you know, it's so I was reading Conan the Barbarian and Punisher and uh, Captain Britain. I yes. mean, Captain yeah. Britain. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm so it's, I was reading it when I was a teenager. And I mean, even the first comic I remember reading, the first actual one that my mom got me was a Spider-Man. I don't know what issue it was. Um, I got it from like a, a little corner store. But um, I had to been like preteen. When I read that, and then from there, I, the next experience for me was the Shogun Warriors. That changed everything for me. I was like, oh, my God, Marvel Comics, and they're doing giant robots. And boy, man, you know, I lost it. Like, I love superheroes. Don't get me wrong. I love superheroes and stuff like that. But to see these incredible giant robots and they're fighting monsters, it just – and then, of course, Godzilla came later. Yeah. I mean, I was just like, wow, this, there's a place for me. That was my first thought. If I'm gonna, if I ever decide to become a comic book artist professionally, at, you know, at the young Frankie was thinking, I said that's what I want to do. 
You mentioning uh, Spider-Man, my dad, um, who's he's coming up to his 70th birthday this year, he had a Daredevil issue one and a Spider-Man issue Ooh. two. Oh. And, um, you know, tr- tragic story. He got into an argument with his brother as a young kid and his uh, brother oh, ri- no, ripped oh, up, oh, oh. ripped up his comics. Well, I'm about I'm about to anger the fandom. <laughs> my mom bought me the original. Remember Godzilla? The, the um, what were those figures? The uh, not Poppy. The Godzilla where you could shoot the fist off. Oh yeah, remember? yeah. I, I know. I know roughly what you mean. I'm not yeah. a massive toy expert, but yes. Uh, yeah. you'd, so you'd you push in the actual projectile, and then you press a button, and pew, it'd fire yeah, off. Like yeah? you, you push the button, his head, his tongue would come out. Yeah, yeah, I know well, what you mean. Well, yeah. young Frankie, young Frankie B um, thought that it didn't represent the real Godzilla because it wasn't real fire. So I decided to take a lighter to it. <laughs> and I just remember like lighting it and then pushing it down back and forth and then burnt. I destroyed that figure. And I'm like, oh man, like it's the worst. And I remember I also had Ray Dean. I had one of the giant. Um, robots too that was part of that the shogun warrior line and stuff but i don't i don't know what i did with him but i just remember doing that and i go why what was i thinking i was a kid and he didn't look like the real godzilla like my mind was like that's not what godzilla has real fire and i do you you have action man toys over in america action man oh i remember action man yeah so um at the time that i got my first action man um doll figure i've been watching and reading a kid's horror series called Goosebumps. Oh, yeah, Goosebumps. Uh, yep. Yeah, Goosebumps. And I was like, well, my action man's pretty pants, so I'm going to strip his clothes <laughs> off. I'm going to make him a mummy. And then I got a coffin <laughs> for him. And then I was like, I don't give a shit about action man. He's a mummy yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then all his guns were just basically chucked aside. And I was like, oh, yeah, man. this horror was my thing as a kid. Yeah, yeah. And then I was obsessed with Goosebumps. And I said to my dad, can I have a Goosebumps mural painted around my bedroom? Because my parents are both uh, artists okay. and not professional, but very kind of into their art. Yeah. And my dad stenciled and then worked on all of these beautiful Goosebumps wow. um, art piece around the room. And my <laughs> headboard was the ventriloquist dummies, the night oh, of the ventriloquist. Wow. And it was it's a bit hard. like that. Yeah, it was very hardcore, and a bit like that episode of um, uh, of The Simpsons where Bart kind of goes to his bedroom and there's a clown for the headboard, and it's like, now you can laugh yourself to sleep. <laughs> Can't sleep, clown will eat me. So, and so, I scared myself in that so room, my, but it was great. So my question is, what is your favorite monster? My, um, my favorite, like, uh, just generally, or from Toho? Just no, not not even to, just any monster. Like, what will be your on the top of your list? Doesn't even have to be a kaiju or anything. My absolute favorite monster. Yeah, and I'll tell you mine. Go on, you first. No, no, Go. you first. I asked. Ah, first. Come you, on, come on. You went there. It's gonna be Angerus. So it, it is a Toho monster. Mm. Angerus, Angulus, you however know? you kind of say it. Um, because I like the underdog. Sure. And I was always intrigued by the fact that. When I, I mean, when I first saw some of the Showa era Godzilla movies, uh, Godzilla vs. Gigan, that made it over here by export, and Godzilla vs. Megalon and Terror of Mechagodzilla. Oh, yes, yes. So it, it was those films that kind of made it over to the UK. There were not many films that kind of got across here, but when I saw Godzilla vs. Gigan, there was that famous wacky scene where Godzilla and Angerus are swimming and they're talking and there are yes. speech bubbles. Yes. And 
lots of people say, oh, it was an absolute WTF moment. It was rubbish. And it's like, no, it was really oh, random and cool. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. wow, they're talking and they're communicating. And I, I like the fact that, that he was a dinosaur. Yes. You know, there's no two ways about it. In the okay. same way that I like King Kong Escapes for the fact that Gorosaurus is just a dinosaur. Yes. You know, y- yes, he's a badass, but he's still just a dinosaur. All right. A, so I was always about the dinosaur-esque monsters. Okay. Well, all right. Well, I'm going to I'm going to say I love werewolves. Nice. Okay. What's I your love favorite werewolf movie? Some Oh, well, my favorite would be The Wolfman. That not the, the, the uh was it uh Lon Chaney, the Lon Chaney original? I, I, know, I've, I never, I've never seen it. Oh man, Universal! Oh, that one's amazing. And then I love the updated one that they did with uh, Benicio del Toro. Yes, the real, the oh, recent. Oh, that was amazing. But something about transformation, I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I just I the the Wolfman, the werewolf mythology has always um, it's just it's something about that, like the, the sense of transformation. Um, my only thing would be more control. Like it, like I loved uh, Marvel Comics Werewolf by Night. Um, I love that character. Um, where he just could, he had a little bit of control over it and whatever and such and yeah. such. But yeah, so I would say werewolves were probably on the top of the, you know, the top of the list for me. Um, but then we'll go back since this is a, a, a Kaju, um, uh, Kaju related show. I would say that, oh man, Gamera. Yeah. Uh, now, the more yeah. the more I watch of Gamera, the more yeah. I'm enjoying it. I think that I always viewed it as an inferior monster show or monster series yep. next to godzilla yeah and with Dai especially going out of operations you know that they're, they're, they're collapsed now i was like well yeah you know the proof's in the pudding they're gone it's like well actually don't think of them as being you know like compare again it's that thing about comparing them sure, and, you know sure. which which one's the better you know what's who's the best martial artist and who's the best artist it's like well you know what just consider gamera in its own right well, it's so, it's so funny you brought that up because I always thought of, if I was to think of them in human terms, like say Godzilla compared to Gamera, mm. I always considered Gamera as a ronin. Yes. And, okay. then, and then Godzilla was more like a samurai. Mm-hmm. I don't know. My mind was like, because Godzilla had this kind of prestigious about him and stuff. And he was always like this grand. He'd just come up and he'd just kind of, you know, whoop butt and whatever. But Gamera would go back and he would just fight, man. And he yes. would get jacked up and i something about that i loved like that's one of the things i you know and and i, I don't try to say it too much because i know that there's people really enjoy the millennial stuff was it not millennial was it millennium the, yeah, the, the millennium era, millennium I, era. I, I don't like it yeah okay my feeling my feeling on that is that i say to Easter own my feeling was that i felt that it started looking more like a set you know like the characters started getting bigger godzilla got more powerful and, and to me that to me destroys something where he just all you start seeing him do he just he would just walk in he's like this lumbering massive mountain he would shoot like one blast it destroys everything and it's like it's like there's no movement there's no nothing and so that always when i look i saw that i was like this isn't you know there's no movement there's nothing he's not bleeding like remember before when he battled mecha godzilla and he got shot in the neck and oh yeah it's not it's gnarly you yeah. know, he's like, he's like fighting. He's, he's like, I'm, I'm going, you know, trying to survive here and stuff like that. So, but then yeah. When, but then when you watch uh, James Bond films, the yeah. reason why they had to take that turn with Daniel Craig was because people were watching the, the Bourne movies and they were like, hang on a second, Jason Bourne gets hurt yeah. and it's more credible for it. Yeah. You know, he gets braid to hell and he, he, you know, he's still going as opposed yeah. to kind of the slightly 
iffy kind of uh, James Bond movies where he's absolutely indestructible and he's almost got the the vibe of him of kind of Captain Scarlet and it's like yeah yeah that that's well, oh, not you mean the way Roger, to go. You mean a Roger Moore stuff? <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. It's like there's no peril yeah, yeah. when yeah, no matter yeah. what happens he comes out unscathed. Yeah, yeah, and then you know you watch Casino Royale and go wow. He's really suffering to get his badge of honor. He's he's a he's a hard man, you know. Well, I, well, I thought they captured that very good in um well the first Godzilla twenty fourteen, and then in King of the Monsters where you got him get he got he got jacked up and then you know he had to, he, he ends up swimming back to where he his uh, domain was. Yeah. Then the doctor sacrifices himself and he comes out the water. I mean, it was just like I thought they really captured that sense where he can get hurt. Yes. You know, he can't feel pain and stuff like that. I want it. I, that's what I've always wanted to see. I want to see characters that get beat up. I don't want to see an omnipotent, powerful. Like, did you see the animated um, Netflix movie, the Godzilla animated? Uh... Oh, the, the three, the three <laughs> movie one. Um, yeah. Wow. That's divisive, isn't it? <laughs> now, oh. do you know my, my views on that? Okay. Cause yeah. I've, I've already yeah. slated the millennium era film. So yeah. I'm a, I'm a terrible fan because for how much I go on about Godzilla and kaiju movies, there's yeah. a lot I don't like. So I, yeah. I'm a pretty I'm a pretty terrible kind of yeah. um, flag bearer <laughs> for it. You know, yeah. I tell you more what I don't like. But anyway, my point being that I really tried to like the anime. Yeah, I tried. Yeah, and it might be that I try again, and for whatever reason, it clicks. Sometimes yeah. on a third or fourth yeah. viewing, something kind of gets into place sure. and you go, yeah, I, I get it now. Sure. But I've tried and whilst the anime Godzilla looks amazing, yeah. he looks absolutely stunning. And when the Rick Boy exclusive X Plus came out where he's kind of got that sunset orange, it's like, oh, okay. it's, to, it's to die for. He looks amazing. But I just found the story tedious, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, they stretched it out. It was like this long, long, drawn out kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I what I, my dream would be is I wish somebody could spend the money. And um, and again, I, I'm one of those people where I'm so careful in the things I say because look, I worked on the other side of that of animation. I've been on so when I when I go to movies, it's kind of funny. I told people I'm like, I can see the other part of it. Like I stay for the credit. So, I look at all yeah. the artists and the people that have put their time into it. So I'm not about trying to throw shade on anybody. I understand time crunches, all that stuff. With that said, I would love to see a more animated Godzilla movie, like something that's really like, I mean, what's, what's the um, one that came out? Uh, Castlevania. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Why can't we see Godzilla? That's like to that level, at least with the animation or something like that, with his movement or like the DC Warner Brothers cartoons, like I, just, to, sure. you know, mix it up. You know, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Let's just mix it up a well, little bit. <laughs> this, this is the trouble. I mean, I'm feeling bad now about the anime Godzilla, because the thing is, as Joe's pointed out as well, that they took a risk and they tried yeah. something different. Sure. And the trouble is of content creating. You, like you can't win. You do yeah. the same old thing and people say, oh, there we go. No new yeah. ideas. Yeah. You try something distant, uh, different and people go, what the heck's this? Yeah. You know, um, like the new metal band, Korn, they go yeah. down, um, oh, they go down like a, a dubstep route with Skrillex and people are like, okay. well, this is ridiculous. Doesn't, I don't recognize that. Well, you know what? Good on them. They're trying yeah. something new. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that, that's okay. Your point before about how you've had your time of your, yeah, your yeah, era of movies yeah, exactly. and similarly for myself okay whilst um i'm only 31 my era of godzilla movies that i identify with was the 70s eras it was godzilla oh. versus hedera through to terror of mechagodzilla and that's kind of the era that i love and i love shin godzilla and i've enjoyed the new legendary movies i've enjoyed them yes, i'm yes. not in love with them but sure, i've sure. thoroughly enjoyed them sure. and when i hear people say it's the best thing ever 
great. Yeah. Crack, crack on. Enjoy yeah. it. Well, well, my feeling is like, again, the key thing that we all have to remember as fans, do we want to see this, this fandom continue or do we want to see it end? Because, again, I've lived through times. I lived through the time when superhero movies were laughed on. I lived through the time when the idea, the very concept of a Godzilla movie was laughed on. Like, they were just yeah. like, no way, dude. You're not, we're not, Hollywood's not going to do that. So to me, it's like, I think that we need to just sit back, hold back a little bit, and just appreciate the fact that it's getting done. You know, and yeah, we're not going to like every single thing about it. But, you know, just appreciate the fact that, that it is being um, put out there put out there to the masses and so hopefully that this fandom can continue like that you know again as that in my mind i always felt that the fandom is as i don't know if it's as equal to what the comic book fandom is but it's up there there's a lot of fans for godzilla there's a mm. ton and, and for not just godzilla but kajus i mean i would love to see a, 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 a you know a gamera movie Yes. I'm like, I'm like sitting there going, please, you know, I'm hoping Ultraman. Look, did you watch the, you know, I'm, I'm switching off to something totally different, but have you seen the Ultraman Netflix show? I have not. Any good? Oh, it's fantastic. I've been reading the manga. I oh, mean, right. and, cool. and it's been, it's been, and, I, and I'll tell you right now, I'm not a huge um, Ultraman like guy who mm -hmm. knows everything about. It. I've watched a few here and there. Um, but I mean, just the fact that they're starting to loosen up and let Ultraman come here, seep here into the West. Yes. It's amazing. Mm. It's incredible. And I'm just hoping that maybe Toho, somebody, the people up in Toho can just sit back and go, okay, we got all these things. We got these characters. Let's like Dimension. That, that's another character. I should have mentioned him. That's yeah. another character I, I totally love. Like, I'm like, I, I never watched the uh, TV show that they did. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They did a, they just kind of weird updated thing. I remember seeing the commercial and I was like, all right, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I was just one of the things I just started. I was like, all right, I'm good. But I would love to see a horror movie. Like if Toll sat there and said, you know what we're gonna do to Majin and he's um horror. Yeah, yeah. Know? Let's do something just sick, horror, twisted, maybe mm. I don't know. That would be so cool. Like just I'm just hoping that they can look at the properties, the IPs that they have, and just say, you know, we're gonna take a chance and just go ahead and let it loose. That's that's my optimism. I like that you mentioned Ultraman because we had uh, Zach Davison on, who's um, he's a translator and he does a lot of work on Japanese to English mm -hmm. comics. And okay. he was saying about how the difference between what we actually get in the West, predominantly yeah. America, sure, it's even sure. less. It, like, it's a trickle-down effect. But what you get out in America versus what's actually considered kind of the really good stuff, sure. there's... A disparity there because what's considered oh, yeah. exportable is what people get yeah, and exactly. then again what we have got in the uk there is a disparity between what's considered exportable and what's considered to be the good stuff yeah. and there are differences there and that's why i've enjoyed getting into this podcast because it's like well you know what there aren't that many uk kaiji fans or so i thought yeah and actually the numbers <laughs> are growing now yeah yeah people like oh yeah i like that that wacky stuff let's give it a go and yeah. Yeah, you don't have to be elitist about, oh, you, you don't know this, you don't know Ultraman, well, no, you know, yeah, share, yeah. share oh, yeah. the stuff with people, yeah. enjoy it. Yeah, well, I think that that's one of those things, too, it's the same thing I've seen it in comic books and whatever, where people, like, for me, I, I know certain things, I have my geek moments, yeah, yeah. and certain things where my memory will pop back, and, like, when I watched Avengers Endgame, I was, like, geeking out, I'm like, that's giant, man, and he just punched a serpent in his face, I was like, you know, I lost it. Yeah. But the thing is that I don't know every issue. 
no. of the books. I don't know every single character, and I shouldn't be condemned for that. Just like the same thing like Godzilla. Like, if someone was to talk to me about Godzilla, there's certain things I do remember, and there's certain things I just don't. Like, there's certain characters I don't, and there's certain things I didn't watch, and I'm just like, all right, but does that say, does that mean I can't draw Godzilla? No. You know, exactly that. Yeah. You know, I can draw anything. You just, you know, whatever. It's just, so, I mean, the thing about it is that we as a fandom just have to be, we should be open to the fact that some people don't know certain things about it and just embrace it. Embrace them. Bring them in and say, hey, look, here you go. Check it out. Enjoy it. They may not come in with the same kind of enthusiasm that you may have, but that's all right. That's fine. Yeah. It's okay. As long as people are enjoying things and yes. you know, sharing ideas. That's, that's the a important. big word right there. Enjoying it. Enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's enjoy it. Sit back and enjoy it, man. Yeah. You know? Um, it has been an absolute journey, but it's time for us to wrap up. All so, right. as tradition, we finish off with our personal recommendations. So, we say, if nothing else, and then we all take it in turns recommending something which we think, you know what? Have a look at this. It could be a comic. It could be a shameless plug Ooh. to yourself, Frankie. Okay. Or it could be something totally wacky that you think, you know what? You'll enjoy this. All right. So what I'm going to say, rather than a recommendation to other people, it's a recommendation as much to myself. If nothing else, I know personally I'm going to be checking out Inhumanoids. Have I said that right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I'm going to be checking out Inhumanoids as recommended by Frankie B. Washington Day. And that is Inhumanoids. The Hasbro toys are pretty cool. 1986. And that ran for 13 episodes. So maybe it's quality yeah. over quantity. Ooh. Oh, it's amazing. And I'm going to suggest something. And even though I want to say myself, um, but I'm going to suggest an actual series of books that are out um, called Kaju Max by okay. Xander Cannon. And um, I just got hooked up, um, hooked up with these. Um, uh, he, was, he was actually on Twitter, and I saw these. And I started reading them, and I am blown away um, by what he is writing. Because he is actually writing um, a couple of series of books which are a homage um, to the Toho, um, to everything, to the, to the uh, Showa era, to everything yeah. era of, of, of Kajus. But done in such an incredible way of storytelling, dealing with a prison, Monster Island. So I would definitely say go out there. Um, you can you can go out there and just look for Kaju Max by Xander Cannon. Wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing that. If you've enjoyed the episode, please consider subscribing to us. It's at Curry Kaiju, and I implore you to follow on Twitter Frankie B Washington. That's at Frankie F R A N K I E B Wash Frankie B Wash on Twitter. Yeah. Do you have an Instagram? Uh, yes, I do. And um, it should be the same thing. I'm, I keep it simple. Frankie B. Wash. There you go. Well, <laughs> nice and simple. It's been really good. And I hope we do record again together sometime oh, soon. Definitely. Thank you so much, Alex. Yeah. Well, it's been brilliant. Uh, thank you very much for listening, guys. Keep it kaiju. Thanks for joining us at Kaiju Curry House today. We hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget, if you want to get involved, you can join the Facebook group at UK Kaiju or tweet us at Curry Kaiju. And we're part of the Heroes Podcast Network, so go over to heroespodcast.com to see other shows available. Thanks very much, and stay safe. Bye.
Here's three great reasons to get the new Samsung Galaxy S21 5G at T-Mobile. One, it's free for both current and new customers when you trade in an eligible device. Two, T-Mobile's the leader in 5G coverage. So three, you can unleash 5G speeds in more places with your new phone. Get the new Galaxy S21 free at T-Mobile, the leader in 5G coverage. Phone via 24 monthly bill credits plus tax. If you cancel credit, stop and balance on required finance agreement may be due. Contact us. Qualifying credit and consumer plan required. See details at T-Mobile.com. It's a new year, which means new reasons to stop by QT, like drinks to wash out the taste of last year. I need more. And fresh snackles worth breaking a resolution. Pizza has tomatoes, so technically, it's a salad. Want to binge a new show? We've got plenty to snack along with it, like our new cheesy mac and cheese. Wow, it's like my wife's, but even cheddar. Up top. This is the time for new beginnings, and it starts at Quick Trip. QT. More than a gas station.